Coming up on Jerusalem Dateline, Israelis rally in a massive show of public support for judicial reform. And Florida Governor Ron DeSantis swings through Jerusalem. And a former ambassador to the U.S. describes the challenges and blessings facing Israel over the next 25 years. Plus, a look at the history of the idea from 1948 to the present and its secret weapon that cannot be bought. All this and more coming up on this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Hello and welcome to Jerusalem Dateline. I'm Chris Mitchell. Hundreds of thousands of Israelis filled the streets of Jerusalem on Thursday to support the government's plans to reform the judicial system. It was the first rally of this size in support of judicial reform, a controversial plan to limit the Supreme Court's power and allow a simple majority in Parliament to overrule the court's decisions, though this policy is currently being negotiated under the watch of Israel's president. Reform supporters argue, argue it will restore balance between the branches of government and correct decades of overly activist judges. Opponents say the reform plans are too extreme and would threaten Israel's democracy by giving politicians too much power. Mass protests against judicial reform have rocked the country for months. Prime Minister Netanyahu and opposition lawmakers are discussing a compromise. Well, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis came through Israel this week. He's a strong backer of Israel and could be a contender for the Republican presidential nomination. Paul Strand reports on his trip. Governor DeSantis came to Israel to sign deals with Israeli businesses and sign bills to support the Jewish people. And he made it clear that he had no intent to interfere in the Jewish nation's politics. In terms of the judicial reforms, um, you know, my view is that uh, the United States should be a, a strong ally to Israel, but we should not butt into their internal affairs. That's a debate that's happening here. It's obviously raging. But honestly, it seems to me, just as an outsider coming in, that at the end of the day, it's healthy to, to flesh this stuff out. One issue DeSantis addressed deals with Israel's dispute over ownership of what some call the occupied territories, while the Jewish people see them as their ancient lands of Judea and Samaria. Those are the most historic Jewish lands there are going back thousands and thousands of years. I mean, some of the modern debates acts like somehow that Jews just decided to show up here or something and like claim a state. No, they were exiled. They were dispersed forcibly. But this is where uh, the Jewish people uh, were born. The governor and rumored presidential contender is calling on the United States to help Israel and key Arab nations unite against the deadliest player in the region, Iran. What is right with the Middle East and what's wrong with the Middle East? And, and what's right with the Middle East is Israel. Uh, what's right with the Middle East is Israel working with the UAE and Bahrain. Uh, what's wrong with the Middle East is Iranian terrorism and making sure that we've got um, good Arab allies uh, working with the United States and working with Israel. You know, that's how you combat uh, threats from a country like Iran. Paul Strand, CBN News, Jerusalem. The impact of the recent Chinese brokered agreement between Iran and Saudi Arabia is still being felt in the Middle East. CBN News asked former U.S. Ambassador to Israel David Friedman and one of the architects of the Abraham Accords about what it means for U.S.-Saudi Arabian relations. I think America needs to move closer to Saudi Arabia and further away from Iran. I think we need to be stronger uh, in our deterrence. Uh, I think the, 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 the Saudi move towards, uh, towards Iran, towards China, towards Russia, it wasn't aimed at Israel. It was aimed at America. It was a shot across the bow 
that uh, America was, was, was not as reliable as the Saudis set up. We need, to, I think, to support this, this resurgence of moderate you know, Sunni uh, Islam. Uh, it's important for Israel. It's important for America. It's important for, for global peace. So I think America can do a lot more and should do a lot more to, uh, to, to, to strengthen that relationship. As Israel celebrates its 75th anniversary, one key leader is already looking ahead 25 years to focus on how the nation can prepare for its 100th anniversary. Former Knesset member and Israeli ambassador to the U.S., Michael Oren, recently introduced his latest book, 2048, The Rejuvenated State. Oren hopes the book will encourage a conversation or debate like the one that took place prior to the state's birth in 1948. Before this country was created, there were 60 years between 1880s and 1940s where, where Jewish thinkers around the world thought about the future of this state. And by the way, a number of Christians as well thought about whether this country would be a secular country, religious country, capitalist, communist, pro-Western, pro-Eastern. Many of those debates proved influential in ensuring Israel's success, our first success of our first century. At this event, Oren explained how he wants his book to be a conversation starter for the next 25 years of Israel's future. This is my vision. There are 21 chapters in here that cover just about every major field of Israel's future. It's educational policy, social policy, foreign policy, Israel, diaspora Jews, Israel, Palestinians, Israeli Arabs, everything. Gender issues, environmental issues. It's all there. And the idea is to get readers here and to a large extent in the diaspora as well to engage with my vision. Get angry at it. Throw the book at the wall. Do me a favor, but engage with it. And let us stimulate and let us facilitate a discussion of what kind of future we want for our grandchildren. Oren says even with the challenges Israel faces, like a nuclear Iran and the current debate over judicial reform, it's important to remember how far Israel has come in 75 years. It's one of the, one of the great stories, if not the greatest story in modern history, of a people that survives the Holocaust, uh, three years later declare a state with no allies, uh, no natural resources, uh, 600,000 Jews in this country, uh, and we turned around and we made uh, a country that has a army that's more than twice as large as the British and French armies combined, seven of the world's leading universities. She's one of the few countries, by the way, Chris, has never known a second of non-democratic governance, along with the United States, Britain, Canada. Just a powerhouse of a country. Extraordinary, extraordinary stories. Coming up, Israel's military is one of the best in the world. We take a look at its small beginnings and how it protects the Jewish state from enemies near and far. Twenty twenty three marks Israel's seventy fifth anniversary. Wanting only a homeland of their own, the Jewish nation has survived war. I was so scared. Terrorism. And so my husband covered in blood. And waves of anti Semitism. It's a message of killing Jews. You can stand with the nation of Israel and support their basic right to exist through CPN Israel. Your donation makes it possible to give humanitarian aid to Israelis in crisis while simultaneously reaching millions worldwide with breaking news and award-winning films that tell the true story of the Jewish people. Will you stand with Israel during their 75th anniversary? 
Call 1-800-265-0996. Go to cbn.com slash support Israel or text CBN Israel to 91999. Download the CBN News app 24-7 news from a Christian perspective at home or on the road. One place for all of your news. Breaking news alerts. Set daily prayer goals and pray for news stories. Read the most important news and watch CBN News Channel Live. CBN News, because truth matters. Go to CBNNewsApp.com to get the app today. A new wave of anti-Semitism is sweeping the globe, and the Jewish state faces hostility at every turn. Now is the time for Christians to support Israel. In CBN's free booklet, Why Christians Stand with Israel, you'll discover why Christians support the Jewish state and why we must stand together with the Jewish people. Get your free copy today. Call now or go to cbn.com slash stand with Israel. Israel's survival against all odds is an achievement that likely would not have happened without a resilient military. From its small beginnings, Israel's fighting force is now one of the world's best. When David Ben-Gurion announced the state of Israel on May 14, 1948, six surrounding Arab nations attacked the newborn country within hours. Then it was small units of very patriotic uh, people, some of them Holocaust survivors who just came off the boat from Europe and put on IDF uniforms and joined battle and defended Israel in 1948 against six Arab armies. CBN News interviewed Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Conricus about the Israel Defense Forces, the IDF, from its beginning in 1948 to today. He has a key perspective, serving in the IDF for more than 24 years, with the last four as its chief international spokesman. From that initial war that threatened its early existence, the tiny young nation faced war in 1967 and 1973 when Israel's enemies sought to annihilate the country. Outnumbered and outgunned, Kondrika says Israel still had the upper hand. I would say that our biggest advantage and what has allowed Israel to be victorious on the battlefield and off the battlefield, to defeat advancing Arab armies at a, a ratio of 1 to 10, what has been really at the heart of those achievements have been the excellent men and women serving in the IDF. It was never about the stuff, never about the planes, the tanks, the weapons. It was about the human spirit, their commitment to the mission, and their absolute understanding that when they look back, they see home. Kanrikas credits that to Israeli soldiers, realizing they're both the front and last line of defense. They know that their parents, their families, their communities rely on them, and therefore they did amazing achievements on the battlefield, knowing that if they fail, the country is in danger. Kenrika says Israel likely faces the biggest diversity of military threats. On the lower end, Israel today has to deal with low-intensity threats like stone throwers, knife stabbers and car ramming attacks. And on the higher end of the spectrum, we have to be able to deal with intercontinental ballistic missiles, perhaps in the very imminent future, with nuclear warheads uh, flying in from, uh, from Iran. 
we have to be able to deal with everything in between. All of that together combined, sometimes simultaneously, uh, sometimes on different fronts at the same time. And as the chief spokesman for the IDF for years, Conricus knows that Israel remains on the front lines of the media battle as well. What I found the most challenging was how so many times I felt, and I can back this up with numbers and, uh, and details, I felt that Israel is held to uh, almost impossible standards. No other military in the world is under such scrutiny and under such relentless international interest and reporting. And so many times what gets wrong in international coverage is the chronology of events, what happened first and what happened second, and cause and effect. So many times we see that getting mixed up in international reporting, whereby the media or the headline will be that Israel attacked in Gaza, killing five Palestinians, but no mention of the rockets that were fired at Israel before at Israeli civilians that were intercepted by the Iron Dome or that caused casualties in Israel. But it will be about Israeli actions and so many times robbing viewers and media consumers of the real context of the story and the complexity of the situation and the threats that Israel faces. As Israel still faces threats to its existence, Conricus hopes today's IDF can capture the spirit of those early pioneers. To go back to our roots of 1948 and even before that, look at the spirit, the daring spirit of the IDF and remind ourselves that that kind of spirit, that kind of ability to take calculated risks, to strike preemptively, not to wait for the enemy to take the initiative, but to take the battle to the enemy and to do daring uh, brave and creative things is, I think, what is needed on all fronts. Against all of our enemies, the message should be that Israel is strong, focused, has the capabilities and, most importantly, the will to safeguard itself and defend itself. Up next, a historic prayer initiative for Israel. Christian leaders call on one million believers around the globe to fast and pray for Israel. Now, for a limited time, you can get five of CBN's critically acclaimed documentaries. Experience the rebirth of the modern state of Israel. The historic bonds between the Jewish people and the land of Israel cannot be broken. Relive the battle for Jerusalem in the Six-Day War. Jerusalem is yours forever. Discover how Israeli volunteers are changing the world. When people need us, we volunteer and we come and help. Explore the world of Israeli technological innovation. We're people of dreams. God gives us dreams. And that's really the roots, I think, of, of much of our innovation. And understand the biggest land dispute in history. Many Palestinian Arabs claim that the Jews stole Arab land. But is that the real story? This exclusive Israel DVD collection can be yours for a gift of $29.99 or more. Call now or go online to get your Israel DVD bundle, which includes streaming access. Come home to the sounds of Southern Gospel from CBN Radio. You'll enjoy a rich Southern blend of bluegrass, classic gospel, and Southern Gospel favorites like the Gaithers, the Crab Family, and bluegrass sounds like Mountain Faith. So make yourself at home 
with the all-new CBN Southern Gospel. Now available at CBNRadio.com. Next month, thousands of ministries worldwide will unite in prayer for Israel. Many believe this historic initiative couldn't be happening at a better time. Well, Mike Bickle from uh, International House of Prayer in Kansas City, great to be with you. Uh, tell us about what many people are calling unprecedented historic time next month. We began a call on March 7th, about six weeks ago. And the call in essence was to call one million people to pray one hour a day for Jerusalem for 21 days. And we had this, a specific direction on the 21 days, May 7 to 28, May 7 to 28, for 21 days, one million people would pray one hour a day. Well, it's blown up on us, and we did not understand they, I'm, we quit counting at the 1 million mark about April 1st at the three weeks after giving this call. And there's thousands of ministries participating in this at this point in time. I'm guessing well over 5 million will participate. I don't know. I'm not counting anymore. But what we have is a website called Isaiah 62 website. And this Isaiah 62 website, it, it's not an IHOP a website. It's not a House of Prayer website. It's, a, it's only for this reason, and it's giving a directory of all the ministries around the world that want their information on this website so that when some millions of people are looking at this website, Isaiah62fast.com, and so they can find ministries all around the world that are in their region so they can participate with them physically in a prayer time or even virtually in social media. Because we don't, we're not asking people to connect to us. We want to inspire and be catalytic in an escalation of the global conversation of the biblical narrative for Israel. So we want lots of ministries talking to lots of new people about it. And we have right now, my team just gave me the information this morning, 100 languages this is translated in. I, I couldn't believe the number. And we're interacting with people all around the world. 100 languages literally will be on this website by May, uh, May 7th. Now, why Isaiah 62? The reason why we put that chapter into the uh, the title or whatever the name of this 21 days of prayer and fasting is because Isaiah 62, you know, Chris, you know this well, it's 12 verses line up on line, glory of God for Jerusalem. I don't know of any other chapter that has more divine information about God's purpose for Jerusalem than Isaiah 62. I mean, there's some other good chapters like Zechariah 8, Isaiah 2, there's a bunch of them, but Isaiah 62, wow. I'm thinking 90% of the body of Christ in the earth, the Gentile believers, are not aware of Isaiah 62. But by the end of May, 
with millions, some several millions, I don't know the number, I don't want to try to pretend like I do, but it will be millions involved in this fast, again, praying one hour a day for 21 days and fasting many different ways. Some will fast in tents, some will fast a Daniel fast, some will fast every other day, some will fast just on vegetables, some will just fast social media or something like that. We don't care about that part because it will be as the Lord leads, but by the end of May, I'm guessing five or 10 million will be aware of this fast. That doesn't mean they'll all be doing it, but they'll be aware of it and they will know what Isaiah 62 is. And so it's getting injected into the conversation of the global body of Christ and the real point, I mean, the prayer is the real point, <laughs> but let's go forward a year from now, two years from now, those five or 10 million people, they all have two or three friends. So a year from now, there'll be 20, 30, 40, 50 million people in this conversation about the biblical narrative for Israel that are not in that conversation at this point in time. So you can get all the information. You can put your ministry information on that website. Again, it's not an IHOP. It's not our website. We're, it's sacred. It's holy. We're not touching that to promote any ministry. And we're going to keep that website up there for years as a prophetic statement to Jewish people years from now, they'll say May 2023, millions of Gentiles who love Jesus prayed for us, what? And they'll check it and it will be a prophetic statement. So there you have it, just in a nutshell. Still ahead, counting down to Shavuot, a holiday celebrating when God gave the Torah to Moses after delivering the Jewish people from Egypt. See the special significance for Christians when we come back. now overtaking the leader <laughs> actually i am simulating this test drive because murray's race car is not yet roadworthy if i am able to win the race today i have decided to give the prize money to the library discover ways to be generous with gizmo and friends through bible stories and fun-filled games was there a time you observed someone being generous do you need to use these join yeah. the cbn so animation club and Thank get you. gizmo's great race of generosity plus two copies to share with others all for your gift of only 25 dollars. gizmo's great race of generosity is filled with activities and crafts that is how you make a formula one race car while showing kids how to be generous with those around them a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Gizmo's great race of generosity, yours when you join the CBN Animation Club. God promises to be generous to us when we are generous to others. Here, we're committed to a heritage of rigorous scholarship dating back over a thousand years and to a faith tradition dating back a thousand more. This is how we create a culture of inquiry where no topic is off limits. And a culture of hope. Anything's possible! It's Christian leadership. And it's changing the world for the better. It's higher learning. It's greater knowing. It's what makes us whole. It's what makes us regent. Experience God on a new level. Empowering the believer is what this podcast is really all about. Discover insights into scriptures. Be encouraged by inspired teaching. Everyone listening. Everyone. You can be a chosen dozen. The Lesson with Gordon and Ashley. What did Jesus get? Everything that the Father has. Yes. Learn more about what God has for you. The Lesson 
on cbnfamily.com and YouTube. After Passover, the Bible tells the Jewish people to count 49 days unto Shavuot, or Pentecost. And there's also a significance for Christians. Julie Stahl has the story. It's known as counting the Omer, found in Leviticus 23, where it says, From the day after the Sabbath, Passover, the day you brought the sheaf, or Omer, of the wave offering, count off seven full weeks, count off 50 days up to the day after the seventh Sabbath. It's a link. Think of a, a chain. The Omer connects Passover to Shavuot. It's an unbreakable chain. And there's an important spiritual lesson in this for us. It teaches us that salvation is both redemption, what took place at Passover, but it's also the indwelling of God's Spirit empowering us to walk out that salvation. An omer was a unit of measure used for grain in Bible times. So the omer is counted every night after the evening prayers of Mariv. We will say the omer together. We'll say the day and the week and the time, and we'll acknowledge that. And then we'll read a text uh, from uh, Psalm chapter 67. Boaz Michael from First Fruits of Zion says the Omer would have been counted this way in the time of Jesus, and his disciples would have prayed the traditional reading of Psalm 67 prophetically. It says that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations, and all the nations of the earth shall fear him. So by counting the Omer, we're thinking about, we're reflecting upon not only what took place at Passover just a few weeks ago, but we're leading up to a time in which God gave us His Torah, His instructions, His will, and His wisdom in order that we may be that saved, redeemed people that He set us free to be. The Bible says that on Shavuot, known as the Feast of Weeks or Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out. Jewish people celebrate this day as the day when God gave the law to Moses. What takes place in Shavuot and Pentecost? The Spirit comes down, the nations are represented, and the message was that God's salvation is not just for the Jewish people, but it's for all nations. And that's what took place in Acts chapter 2, was a fulfillment in many ways of this prayer that the Jewish people have prayed and continue to pray, that all nations, all people will know God and His instructions and His ways. Julie Stahl, CBN News, Jerusalem. Before we go, we want to show you how, how CBN's Operation Blessing is providing life-changing surgery for children all over the world, like for a boy named Retta, who lives in the West Bank with his widowed mother. Retta loves to color and wants to be an artist someday, but he has a problem. He was born with a sagging eyelid that covers his right eye and doctors say he needs surgery. The doctors told me that my son's vision would get worse as he got older, and it would affect him at school. He also got picked on by other kids who said he looked weird. It broke my heart. Rada's dad recently died from heart failure, and his mom doesn't have much money. We are barely getting by now, and I just don't have the means to get him the surgery. Then a doctor told Rada's mom about Operation Blessing. We paid for Rada to have surgery at the St. John Eye Hospital in Jerusalem. Just a few weeks after his operation, he was ready to start school. We also got Rada a new backpack and colored pencils. 
It's amazing. He can see better now and kids don't pick on him anymore. And he loves his new backpack. Thanks to Operation Blessing, Rada can continue on with his dream of becoming an artist. I am grateful for everything you have done. I thank God for uniting us with Operation Blessing. Thank you for fixing my eye. It works great now. Well, that's all for this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Thanks for joining us. Remember, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can also access CBN content through our CBN apps. And don't forget to sign up for our email blast so you can continue to receive all of our exciting CBN content. I'm Chris Mitchell. We'll see you next time on Jerusalem Dateline.